0: Da- 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 damn son where'd you find this welcome 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 to episode 20 of the fly route podcast i am your host anthony aka tony playboy aka yannis's yips and i am joined here by one of my best friends demarcus aka nigga marcus aka Hardin and the hot boys how you doing today i'm doing i'm doing pretty well how are you i'm living man I'm living. It ain't been too bad. Just push and survive, like good times. Okay, we starting off hella fucking dark. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) On a lighter note, Joel Embiid has jumped up to second in the MVP odds at plus six hundred. Mind you, B. KD is at plus six fifty. Embiid is averaging twenty eight points, twelve assists, over a block and a steal a game. Are you buying it? Joel Embiid for MVP? No. No. Wow. Besides the KD narrative, I'm rooting
1: for a guy out in Dallas by the name of Luca, who I think has a very strong chance, especially if the team performs well throughout the season to do well. The NBA MVP is all about storylines. Luka will be a great storyline if the Mavericks
0: are a top four seed in the West. Okay. Luka is number one in MVP odds right now. That is a fact. However, the Mavs don't seem to be performing all that great. They're not playing great right now. Exactly. He's number one, and they're not playing
1: that great, which I think is a great indicator for they are going to get better as the season goes along, especially as uh, Kristaps Porzingis reintegrates himself into the offense. So Luka is going to go up from here. He's already close to averaging a triple-double, I believe, so only going to go up.
0: Another one for you. Steph just recently passed Reggie Miller for second all-time. Mm -hmm. and three-point shots made. Do you think he is going to be able to take the three-point shot crown from Ray Allen this season?
1: No. Steph Curry is still more than 400 threes away from passing Ray Allen. Even in Steph's best seasons, his, what, 2014-15 and 15-16 seasons are his two MVP seasons. He broke the three-point record, I think his unanimous season, with a little over 400. This is a shortened season. 72 games are already, what, 10, 15 games into the season for most teams. I don't see him getting 400 more threes, even if he plays at his unanimous MVP levels. I think he'll break it
0: early next season. All right, all right. We have an exciting show for you all today. We are going to get into the fly route for Matt Stafford on his way out of Detroit. We are going to dive into a story that has a lot of implications. Melvin Gordon, recent DUI story. And we're gonna get into all of the largest storylines of the week in sports news in our run pass Options segment. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. The fly route pop. Welcome to the tea-off. Oh, spill that tea, sis. This is how we like to start our show off. We like to spill some tea on our favorite athletes and the crazy situations they get themselves into. This week, the subject of our tea-off is Melvin Gordon. Of course, you are familiar with him, Demarcus. I am. Former first-round pick in 2015 and former All-Pro and former Heisman finalist, all right? And the theme of this story is don't break the law while you are breaking the law. Melvin Gordon was recently arrested for a DUI. The police pulled him over and the police report claims he was going 71 miles per hour in a 35 miles per hour zone. Where was he trying to get to? Does not say. However, he did explain that he was just trying to get home According to some reporters, when he called, John Elway had to explain himself. He was like, I just had a couple jinks drinks of wine and I made a bad decision to drive home. That's what he claims.
1: Well, you made a lot of bad decisions, but okay, keep
0: going. All right. Now, in the police report, they say that his speech was slurred. His breath had a moderate odor of an unknown alcoholic substance and his balance was swaying and his eyes were watery. I think he had more than a couple glasses of wine. He might have had a couple bottles, but okay. And maybe a blunt or two with the watery eyes. Don't blame Watery red eyes is not. I don't get watery red eyes when I drink wine.
1: Maybe, maybe if it causes like the headache thing that happens to some people, but I don't see that happening to a young twenty-something-year-old athlete. People get headaches when they drink wine. There's like some sulfites or sulfates or something in the wine that some red wines that causes headaches in some people. It's a whole. I'm not. Even, like, I don't. Demarcus is trying about, to
0: throw bail for this nigga already, and I don't no, buy it. You can look this up, bro. I, why would I lie thing. about this? I, nigga, that's my question. Okay, I'm telling you, it's a thing
1: that happens to some people. It's kind. of It's not super common, but common enough to be known. But let's move on.
0: Okay. So they pull him over. He undergoes a field sobriety test. Clearly does not do all too well. Yes, grabs the big L. The cops then alert the paramedics. The paramedics come by and, important for future ramifications of this story, draw his blood on the scene. Oh, that's always important. Mm, Yeah, that's not a good one. So because of this, they hit him with two DUI charges as well as a violation for... Driving, extremely over the speed limit, like over twenty five over, right? Melvin Gordon comes out after a while. He wants to make a statement, and thank God, he's either Melvin Gordon is just a smarter person than I'm going to give him credit, and he made some bad mistakes, but he's like, look, I haven't been able to go out publicly and say the things I needed to say because of legal things, you know? Wasn't on Twitter acting a fool. But he's just like, "Look, I am sorry that I was even in this situation." I like that quote. I ain't sorry I did it cuz I ain't do it. I'm sorry that I was in this situation. Well, I think he
1: phrases that way cuz if went if and
0: when it goes to court, that is a phrasing that does not implicate guilt. Indeed. And he says to the people of Denver and everyone, "I don't want anyone to feel like I just don't care. Oh, he's got money, he don't care. I do." I do. I'm not happy I was in this situation. I already told you about how he tried to explain himself to Elway. Now, he recently had to go to virtual court, which is like kind of, I guess everything's virtual now. Zoom Zoom court. court, Yeah. (laughs) It's a real thing. Yeah. So he had to go to Zoom court. He pled not guilty to the DUI charge, and he's scheduled to return to court again in April. And if necessary, he has a jury trial April 8th. So if they get that far... He has a jury, trial. Currently, he's pleading not guilty. Uh, I don't know if he knows that they drew his blood at the scene because he might not remember. He was pretty drunk, apparently, at the time. But I feel like he should try to take a deal. Oh, certainly.
1: I believe I could be wrong on this terminology. That's a statutory offense. It's either you were or, or not under the influence, and it's past a certain point. And taking the, the blood even after, you know, while the incident's happening is, also going to do him a favor versus you know as more time goes on the blood limit is going to or the
0: blood alcohol in your blood is going to drop so this is big because like he was not booked because of like new covert laws in the mm-hmm. area they just release him to a sober driver which nigga, someone well, picked you up bro well first two two things yes <laughs> yes
1: absolutely yes first off obviously there was somebody he could have called to pick him up so shame on him right but the second is, why isn't that always the case? Like, I think too many people end up in jail. Well, this is a whole other t- subject, but some of the things from COVID should stick around when this pandemic is over.
0: I'm not sure the DUI one is it for me.
1: Maybe not the DUI one, but there are plenty of other offenses like that that are, didn't assault or harm anyone during the offense where people go to jail. Like, there are all kind of drug charges where people have to go sit in jail when it's going to be, hey, thank you for coming in. This is this weight. You're doing this much money for your fine, this much community service. See you later. Have a great day. Like, I don't need to sit in jail for that. You know what you're going to give exactly. me. Let me go home and just I'm come find you. me. Yeah, but nah, shame on him. He has
0: somebody he could have called. He yeah. could have called an Uber. He got money. Nigga, he has private driver money. He could have called an Uber. He could have rented a limo. He could have done anything. You don't even need to do that. Apparently, the MB the NFL has a- Program. Yeah, with Uber. Mm-hmm. that actually literally allows them to order Ubers through the app and get black car service. So he's not pulling up in a Corolla. They literally let the NFL players Whoa, get black gonna have car to stop service. You.
1: I'm going to have to stop you. Ain't nothing wrong with driving no Corolla or pulling up in one.
0: Look, DeMarcus, I get it. For the average person, oh, the Corolla hey, is a fine no, vehicle. No, no, no. Let's, if you let's stop you get paid, this. if you just signed a two-year, $16 million contract, a Corolla is an okay what? vehicle. Kawhi's still pulling up in like a 96 Tahoe. What's wrong with my 2017 and Corolla? Kawhi is the exception that proves the rule. Uh, I think, I mean. It, he is the exception that proves the rule. Listen, listen, listen.
1: So, that, so you mean that rich people spend money ridiculously poorly on cars? Yes, you're absolutely correct. Exactly. We've all watched
0: ballers. Uh, yes. <laughs> in fact, so he could have put up in a black car. He honestly had multiple opportunities, and I will just want to note, to be fair, that frequently players are like, we don't like taking these services because we don't want the team to know how late we were out, whether we were drunk, etc., especially around game time, maybe also especially around the pandemic time. That's, that's, that is, first, let's stop, let's stop. How you
1: mean, how do you mean... <laughs> <laughs> you don't want them to know that you're out late or drunk. But then when you get pulled over, they find out that you were out late and drunk.
0: And now you got a charge. Well, like, wouldn't I, rather, charges.
1: wouldn't I rather just have the team know and give me a little fine, which is going to be nothing to me and call the black car versus actually being in legal jeopardy and having the possibility of killing someone or going to jail, because this is a real thing. Like we talked about this before there's a case and I believe 2015 with the Dallas Cowboys players went out on a Saturday night before the game or I think fr- Friday night maybe, and two players were driving home or wherever they were going, and they got into an accident going 30 miles over the speed limit on the highway here in Dallas. One person died, one player died, who was a practice squad player, and the other player ended up going to jail for like a year for manslaughter. I don't care about the fine for you know being out late or being drunk. This is a serious matter where someone's life is at risk, yours maybe even included, no matter how little or how much you have to drink. So get over your your pride, your ego, take the fine. If you don't want them to know that you're out late or drinking, then drink at home. Or call your own Uber. Call your own Uber.
0: I'm sure he could have called a call-in bartender if he needed to. And it's just, it, it it is weird because more importantly, why would the team fine you? Right. You were doing the right thing. It seems like finding you in that situation would then disincentivize players to use the service, So it seems like they're just paranoid about this for good reason. Right. Well, but I could see it's not worth the reward.
1: Finding them because you are breaking the rules, period. Like you're if you're out or you're not supposed to be or they do want you to be, then you already know that you're breaking the rules. Well it was his
0: free time. It wasn't he wasn't late for practice. Right. This is he wasn't during happen? a game. It was literally in Denver. They played that weekend and their game ended up getting postponed anyway. Oh Well, almost postponed. Uh, no, qu- no quarterback game.
1: Oh, this was that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's during the season. But even still, like, someone can pick him up. I assume, I don't know if it's a black car or what, but even if it's not through the team app, he has teammate, money. Teammate, girlfriend, somebody,
0: somebody. It's ridiculous. So, as I said earlier, Melvin Gordon signed a two-year, $16 million contract. And it has some hefty guarantees in it, actually. He gets paid nine mil this year. His guarantee for the year is about four point five million dollars. All right. Now, unfortunately, the way the league deals with DUIs, as you know, it's in the CBA now. Mm-hmm. They can suspend you for up to three days if you get convicted of a DUI. And that conviction is most likely not gonna fall until after his jury trial in April. So mm-hmm. really, it's for the 2021-2022 mm-hmm. season. This is really big because as soon as that suspension comes down, the Denver Broncos can void his guaranteed money and cut him if they want. They would save $7 million on the cap if they did that, right? They would only have $2 million in dead money. It would be super team-friendly for them. And they're in a position with the new GM, Drish Patton, puts a heavy emphasis on the run. We know that from Mm -hmm. his time in Minnesota, right? And he likes to draft running backs high. We know that from his time in Minnesota, a la Adrian Peterson, right? So this is a situation where he now knows he's already facing, most likely losing you for some games, right? You have a pretty hefty amount of money that he can get off of. And it's not like he wants to take the downside for his first year on the job.
1: No, no. What I think will happen, based on everything you just told me, and I could be wrong about this, but I think they will avoid his guarantee money. But they'll keep him on the team because the salary cap's going to drop in a massive way next season. That allows them to have a nice or pretty solid running back for very cheap money, at least against the cap. You find him, you suspend him, do whatever with the team. He misses the games. He comes back, plays for you, runs hard. The reason they take that approach is because Denver needs a quarterback. They have that high draft capital, but it's got to go to a quarterback unless they find that solution in free agency. I don't see them cutting a really good running back when we know that the team wants to run the ball a lot next season. So I'm hoping this is at least a wake up call for him. Hopefully he pleads this down before April. He takes a one or two game suspension. Maybe his, his money voided, his guaranteed money voided. And then we all kind of move on. And hopefully that's what happens with this because it could have been a lot
0: worse. Definitely. Definitely. One last thing to note is that Patton was quoted as saying, we all believe that to draft and develop talent, you need to bring in high character players into your organization.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's not
0: what you want to hear if you're Melvin Gordon.
1: No, no, that is, that is for you. It is. It's, this is a tactic. A lot of coaches uses. They talk to the media they really are talking to one or two players or their team, and that was directed directly at Melvin. And that was your tea off. Oh,
0: oh, 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 oh! Spit that tea, ooh, sis. Spit tea,
1: sis. <laughs> what's, 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 what's that tea, sis. Let's 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 stop,
0: playboy. All right, let's get into our RPO segment, the run pass option. This is where we give you some of the major sports news storylines in the week and let you know whether or not we are going to run with them or pass on them. All right, DeMarcus, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs defeat the Bills in a resounding fashion to go to their second straight Super Bowl. Run or pass? Oh, let's run this. Let's run this.
1: So... Uh, people ask the question on a lot of the shows this weekend or, you know, Monday morning quarter. Are you surprised? It wasn't as close as we thought it was going to be. And I'm like, what were you smoking? Because I never thought it was going to be close. Chiefs all the way. I told you that that little rut that they were in at the end of the season was totally self-created, that they were bored. I've watched enough good good teams, whether it be basketball or football, to know when I see a bored team. And that team was staring at paint drying. They had no interest in the end of the regular season. But when the postseason came, they turned it on. Patrick Mahomes, I think, put up 21 points in that, in that first half after they went down nine and then just exploded after that. Great, great performance. I ex- I won't comment on the Super Bowl just
0: yet, but I have a lot of faith in Patrick Mahomes. All right. The Nets are two and two. Taken two straight losses to the Cleveland Cavaliers and really beating a depleted Miami Heat team. Are you concerned about the Nets' runner pass? I I will I will run. Um, I am concerned.
1: I voiced some of that concern to you last week. They have some issues with their depth at this point. They've had some injuries. They had to trade away some of the depth in the James Harden deal, etc. We know that Kyrie, for example, is very injury-prone. They have some depth issues. They have some defense issues. They've got to get it together. Even the game against the Cavs that they lost last week, that double overtime game, their defense was atrocious. They let Sexton score, what, 20 straight points in overtime or all of Cleveland's points in overtime? He was hot. He looked like LeBron in 06. He's not supposed to look like that. He's not that good. He's not that good. Right? So... They got some problems. I need to see it come together. They may need to make another move for depth or pick up someone when it comes to buyout season. But yeah, I'm
0: concerned. All right. The NBA has recently sent out 60 invitations to the top players in the league for the Olympic team this year. With the season already kind of falling behind, do you think the NBA is going to be able to make the Olympics?
1: I am unsure it's a coin toss right now, both because not sure if the NBA season is going to end early enough for most of the players. I assume for at least some of them, it will. The question recently that's popped up, though, in the past two weeks is if the 2020, 2020 Tokyo Olympics will be canceled altogether. There is a lot of push um, among the Japanese government, and there is an overwhelming for support for, by the Japanese people. But not have the games um, Japan is seeing a resurgence of the coronavirus right now. there's international concerns about the different variants that have popped up. So between the NBA season kind of being eh as far as the timeline goes and the risk that they actually just fall out get canceled, uh, I'm gonna say it's a 5050 coin toss right now. So I've got a few questions for you as well. These are not going to be about your you know your teams the the bears and the and the bulls. Uh, they're both pretty bad right now.
0: I'm not super concerned.
1: But it is going to be about someone who plays in your division. Okay. guy people like. They think he's a pretty good quarterback. I think he's all right. You know, Aaron Rodgers played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. This was his first one at home. He had wanted it his whole career. He lost. There are some questions going down the stretch about play calling by Matt LaFleur or decisions made by Aaron Rodgers. He even spoke about this. you want to play the audio for us?
0: I think this one, as much as any of them, I just found some really uh,
1: special friendships with, you know, Mercedes and Devontae, especially Tim and I have become really close over the years. Jamal, I love Jamal. Um, Aaron Jones. A lot of guys' futures that are. You know, uncertain, you know, myself included. Uh,
0: That's what's sad about it most, getting this far. Obviously, there's going to be an end to it at some point, whether we make it past this one or
1: not. But just the uncertainty is is tough and the finality of it all. So to me, that could mean he's leaving Green Bay or he's going to retire. Which one do you think it is? And what's your opinion on it? Run
0: our path. All right, I am going to pass on the narrative that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. It's obviously not what's going on here. He Look, what really matters here is that he said two guys' names mm-hmm. right before he said a lot of people's futures are uncertain. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, their top two running backs. Both of them are up to be free agents this season. They also have their center up to be free agents this season. They have a lot of people that they can shed and green Bay has been notorious for being cheap, stingy and not re-signing their good players. Cause they do not want to shell up the money, right? Last year they lost Brian Beluga, their offensive tackle. I bet they feel like they could have used that depth. Oh, certainly. Right. The year before, they lost Cobb to the Cowboys on a one-year contract and Clay Mm -hmm. Matthews on a two-year contract, right? Hell, they were even cheap for a while with paying Aaron Rodgers. And he's Aaron fucking Rodgers. He's trying to say, look, do not fuck me this time. Because last offseason, y'all kind of fucked me. You are planning for the future instead of planning for the right now. Jordan Love can't even get on the field to help us. Where Arguably the, shouldn't. Where where is the offensive line help and depth that we would have needed when I had those injuries? Where is the extra wide receiver that could have been a complete star, right? What just happened is he watched Tom Brady have a worse game than him and win. Well, yeah. Because his offensive line was stout and they could not touch him. His defense showed up and got Aaron off of the field. And even though, look, Aaron choked. He did. He got three picks, could not make it happen, getting three turnovers. But what he's saying is he watched Brady not play his best game and still win, and the Packers could have put him in that position. Aaron had an MVP season. Remember when you said he wasn't going to be MVP? We're still going to see. Oh, so you're still standing by your MVP pick? I'm standing by my homeboy, yeah. All right, fantastic. And it could have been better because he could have had better weapons around him. He could have had More protection around him. Look, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, he's saying, look, you all have to start spending the money. You all have to start making the moves that will help me and help this team win now, not be concerned about where our cap space will be in the future. And this center is a big one because he keeps shedding protection. And he's not deep in protection. So Corey Lindsey, All-Pro Center, he's touted as, honestly, literally the best lineman in football this season. Enough is enough. Rodgers is saying, my future can be uncertain if the people around me's future are uncertain. And I'm not getting the help that I need. He would love to be a Packer for life. They just have to make it work. Okay. Okay. We will see if the Packers and their many,
1: many shareholders decide to make it work. They're unlike other NFL teams. But let's move on to that magical time of year we usually like to call All-Star Weekend. So the NBA is currently trying to set the times and dates for All-Star Weekend, looking like it's going to be sometime in March. Um, they're not exactly sure on which exact weekend it's going to be because the schedule is in flux. But it's likely to be in Atlanta if they do have it. What are your thoughts on these All-Star Weekend plans? Should they happen? Should the strip clubs be open? Please elaborate.
0: Look, the NBA has a lot of nerve after tightening the protocols and putting security on the floor to prevent people from doing jersey swaps and, like, hugging on each other and stuff to then turn around and be like, but also All-Star Weekend in Atlanta. For real? Look, they've postponed so many games so far, that it looks like they're not actually going to get through the 72 games that they currently have planned. Yet All-Star weekend is what we're thinking about. They can't control the outbreak amongst teams when it's only two teams interacting with each other at the same time. Yet they want to put 20 plus teams well, the worth star of players,
1: every star player together.
0: Nigga, li- li- I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> All the star players together from 20 plus teams Put them all together in a game where it literally takes one person to slip through, have COVID, to literally possibly tank the NBA's viewing power for three plus weeks. Mm -hmm. And even worse, if those transmissions can cascade in the teams, causing a whole nother rage of postponements that they have to deal with after that anyway. Now take all of this and put it in fucking Atlanta. James Harden literally just got out of the COVID protocols for going to Atlanta. We all saw the Jeezy and Gucci versus Atlanta (laughs) is open, (laughs) open. That bitch was packed. I did watch it. It was pretty good. Exactly. So I'm just saying
1: you think that is going to go well. Absolutely not. Harden got in trouble for being in Atlanta when he was supposed to be in Houston. If he's supposed to be in Atlanta, he can't help
0: himself. I don't think he literally could help himself. Look, and it's a nice thing. They want to give some of the money generated from the weekend to COVID relief and HBCUs. And that's great. However, is it really worth the potential catastrophic impacts it could have on the NBA season? I'm with you. I'm going to say a hard no. All right. One more run pass
1: option for you. So there have recently been plans announced by the Miami Heat to allow more fans at their games down at the American Airlines Arena. Now, they have come up with an ingenious method to try to make sure that everyone is safe. They are going to use COVID sniffing dogs. Yes, you heard that correctly. COVID sniffing dogs to sniff each fan as they come in to check for the virus. Run or pass on this. Pandemic. Pandemic. look
0: pass hard <laughs> fucking fast like this is the most ridiculous thing i've heard all week florida will literally do anything but close things down hmm. literally anything else fun fact did you know that cross-training dogs to be alerted to multiple things actually increases the rate of false positives like a ton not surprising it's a huge problem they're having in places where they legalize marijuana because now these dogs are basically unemployed uh, <laughs> and they're having trouble cross-training them. So we're in Miami. So are these dogs hinting at cocaine or COVID? Ooh, I guess in this, it, I mean, you
1: can't, you can't pick between the two. They're both going to be there. <laughs> I can guarantee you both will be in the
0: stadium if they have fans. Uh-huh. And it's crazy. I just want to see what happens when the first false positive happens and someone doesn't get the ticket that they paid for and how they react.
1: Yeah, I won't comment any further on this. Uh, We'll save it for after hours or something. But (laughs) crazy idea, crazy plan. Um, I would say, though, it's the second craziest thing that I heard this week. The first is that 45 Republican senators don't
0: think Trump should be impeached. But That's a whole other whole other thing that should be expected. I didn't expect this. I did not expect COVID-sniffing dogs so Miami could fill up their arena. Okay. Like, I I expected a bunch of Trump senators to, like, defend him tooth and nail and never let go. Like, that's not surprising at all. Okay. Okay. All right, let's get into our fly route for the day. Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions have recently come to a mutual agreement. That's what they're going to call it. To trade Matt Stafford this year and let him go somewhere else. Long storied career, basically first and all passing mark for the Lions. I was was getting there. That's the
1: important qualifier. Yes.
0: yes. (laughs) Long-storied career for the Lions. Basically, first in every passing stat for them. Like, he is literally the best quarterback in Lions history. Before, like, the 19... After the 1940s. Yeah, absolutely. So, that leads us to this. Who should want to trade for Matthew Stafford? What's the fly route, DeMarcus? So... I thought about
1: this for a while, looked around at teams who both are going to need a quarterback and don't have the draft capital. Teams like the Washington football team pop into my mind. Teams like the Patriots, the Broncos, which would all be, I think, reasonably good places. But there's a better destination for him, both for him and that team. That puts him in contention next year. It's out west. The San Francisco 49ers. So the Niners are the perfect situation for him for a lot of reasons. Number one, from Matt Stafford's perspective, he gets to go to a team that has depth and talent everywhere, just dripping at running back, at tight end, on the offensive line, on the defense, etc. cetera. He's going to have a team with a strong and stable culture. Shanahan and can't remember the GM's name, Lynch, has been there for a while. They have long contracts. They just got extensions. The Lions, while Matt Stafford has been there, have had new owners, new GMs, new coaches almost every two or three years for the GMs and coaches. So that stability is going to be there. Cal Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind. That team was just in the Super Bowl last season. They're still loaded with talent. They had some injuries this season, including their quarterback. But the most important thing from the perspective of the Niners is this time last year, we're talking about the 49ers playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and them winning. Well, about a week after that, we said, why'd they lose that game? Jimmy Garoppolo could make the throws late in the fourth quarter. And even since then, in this past season, in 2020 season, even before the injury, he did not look too hot. There are a lot of people who were saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the limiter on this team. They will go as far as he goes because he's is what is holding them back. He's the weakest link. Having Matt Stafford, veteran quarterback with all the arm talent in the world is a win-win for both them. The Lions can get back Jimmy G and some high draft capital or, you know, other things back from the Niners that sets them up for the future with their new coach and GM. I think it works out for everybody. It's a win-win situation.
0: And if I'm Matt Stafford, I want to go. I want them to make that call tomorrow. Interesting. I have a question for you, Demarcus. You said that when I try to say storied career of Matthew Stafford, you got a little "Uh," in your voice. Mm-hmm. Is he really that big of an upgrade for Jimmy G, from Jimmy G for you? As far as a quarterback talent,
1: absolutely. Matt Stafford's problem in Detroit is not his ability, it is winning. Jimmy G's problem in San Francisco was not winning, it's his ability. And his ability putting a cap on the number of wins and the kinds of wins they can get in the NFL. I think Jimmy is a solid starting quarterback who the Lions will get back in return. But is he going to have that team in the playoffs in a possible NFC championship game every year like their talent suggests they should be? No. And so really? I think, I, 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 I really do think this. Is he good? Yes. But there's a reason that his contract is structured the way that it is. The
0: team can get out of that deal even without trading him. It's structured like that because they could spend all the money up front because they were terrible and had no one to pay. Also true. Now, like it's structured smartly because of the way they rebuilt. Yes, but I also don't think that they're in love with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's fine. I'm just like the structure was really smart. Like that is really smart gming by by them. But it works out great. They want to trade him too. Yes, I'm just saying it was like fantastic, a huge underrated move, and it's the only reason why we're having these conversations. For me, the fly route, the team that should trade for Matthew Stafford is the Indianapolis Colts. Look. He's basically Philip Rivers 3.0 for them, not 2.0, 3.0, because at this point in his career versus at this point of Philip Rivers' career, which just ended, Matthew Stafford is a huge upgrade. Oh, absolutely. It's a huge upgrade. And that team went 11-5, right? They have a top 10 defense, Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Xavier Rhodes. They have a top five offensive line, and this is the big one for me. The top five offensive line, Stafford is 33. He's getting up there in age. He gets hurt a lot, but plays through a lot of his injuries, mm-hmm. right? Who also gets hurt a lot? Jimmy G. That offensive line up in San Francisco is very good in the run game. How much we see Jimmy G get hurt, I don't know if I'm that confident in their pass protection. I am confident in the pass protection of the Colts with Quentin Nelson, who's probably going to be the best guard of the decade. They just protected Philip Rivers, who has way less mobility and ability to move in the pocket than Matt Stafford does. So he knows he's going to be protected. He can be healthier as he moves on in his career and gets older. They have a top 10 defense already. The only place they're short on is wideout. T.Y. Hilton's getting a little old, right? Zach Pascoe's nice, but he's not the guy. Pittman is also nice. He's not the guy either. But Jonathan Taylor at the end of last year, that running back, looked amazing, Looked amazing, which means ground game, Matthew Stafford can make all the throws, it seems like a match made in heaven for him. A lot of people are thinking the Colts need a quarterback, they have the cap space, one of the most cap space in the league, which means they can take that Stafford contract and still make free agency moves to get him that wide out one. And that's why I want to be in that situation. Because once I get there, that team doesn't have to stop improving because they got me. Think about it. A lot of people are saying, go after Deshaun Watson. How much do you think Deshaun Watson is going to be worth? Oh, he's worth at least a couple first, if not more than that. So three, two. And maybe some players. Okay. If I'm the Colts, I give up one first round for Stafford. Maybe a player. Probably not. Maybe a first and a second. First and a second gets it done, I believe. All right. And then I go get OBJ. What do you do with that? Play too deep zone. <laughs> um,
1: so a couple areas of pushback really quickly. I don't want to go back and forth too much on this. I don't know that Jimmy G's injuries are a result of the San Francisco offensive line. He was injured when he showed up there. And the Patriots are not exactly known for having poor offensive lines. So it may just be he's a little bit injury prone. So is Stafford. Stafford, arguably, it's because of the lines, though, and he has been tough as nails. Now, did Jimmy G play through the high ankle sprain for a few weeks? Absolutely. But we've seen Stafford play through, like, torn shoulders and toe-up ribs and broken back and, like, crazy, crazy, crazy toughness. I want our audience to let us know which team Matt Stafford should go to. Should he go out west with them boys in the Bay and do his thing? And try to get a ring in his last few years left in his prime, or should he go to Indianapolis?
0: And I think Indianapolis is a Super Bowl ready team, and you're not giving them that credit. No, no, I think uh, he
1: should avoid the AFC. My homeboy is gonna be out there, posted up for a minute. He's trying to get his six rings real quick, to, so he could be the goat. Because you know, we got the in the Super Bowl, we got the the old goat versus the baby goat, and I'm all in on baby goat. Baby goat's gonna be good for a long time. I think if Stafford wants to get to the Super Bowl, the easiest path is going to the NFC, where we just saw Tom Brady walk through all the great teams and great quarterbacks very easily.
0: Look, this is a very similar situation, except for he's not Tom Brady, where you go to a team that has a great offensive line already, some weapons, a good defense. You plug and play yourself, but they also still have the ability to add other things around you after you plug and play. That's the most important part for me. After not, you plug in play, they can make more additions.
1: Not disagreeing. That was more of a comment on the state of the NFC and that there's no... That
0: team is really good is what I'm trying to no, say. No, no. I'm
1: not saying the team is not good. I'm saying there's no dominant team like the AFC. I don't think there is a Chiefs in the NFC. Okay. There's not a
0: Chiefs. I agree. but That's all I'm saying. There are a lot of other really good teams in the NFC. You have to get through the Seahawks. You have to get through the Packers. You have to get through the Bucks again. Like the NFC is deeper to me than the AFC. It, it which means there's you well, lose there is earlier. more. The power in the AFC is
1: concentrated at the top. The NFC it is diffused across the entire conference.
0: Basically, agreed. So you don't want to switch teams and not even make it to the playoffs because you went to the NFC. That's kind of what I'm saying. I, I okay. We'll see. I I hope our audience
1: will hit us up at the Fly Route Pod on Twitter. We'll have a little poll ready for y'all, and y'all can vote and let us know. Where should Matt Stafford go? Out West or down to the Midwest?
0: Y'all is Tony Playboy. Welcome to our final segment, the heart of our show Ballers Bouquets. Too often in the media, people only want to focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, we like to make a change. Right.
1: So we're going to tell you a little story about this past summer. In 2020, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson held a local challenge for Houston area kids called 4-4-4. And this challenge required kids to read books over the summer and record them. And if they won, they would get a shopping spree. They get to meet Deshaun Watson and get um, some other prizes but of course Deshaun Watson did a whole lot more than that and that is why he is this week's recipient of our Ballers Bouquet yeah. so once this challenge ended kids are picked they are the winners They Deshaun meets the kids takes them out for their shopping spree while they're out shopping they're at a footlocker and Deshaun is just blown away by these kids. And he says, quote, or you know, his business manager is telling us about this in an interview. He says, quote, they went to a footlocker and he was amazed at how selfless these kids are. They didn't want shoes for themselves. They wanted to pick out shoes for their siblings. Deshaun, after the shopping spree said, I want to keep up with those kids. And they said, you know, your foundation is still growing, et cetera. And Deshaun said, let's give these kids scholarships and make sure they go to college. So not a part of the challenge at all. He had already fulfilled the challenge and the given the prizes away, and he was still so amazed and so impressed by these young people, he wanted to go above and beyond for them. And that's exactly what he did. After that was over, he collected their contact information, worked with his business manager, and then made sure each of those kids got those college scholarships. So he was able to do everything he promised and more for the kids. He made a deal with them that is so long as they keep up their grades, continue doing well, that he would hold up his end of the bargain. As long as they got into college, he would pay for it. These kids are pretty, pretty young. They're elementary school kids. Oh yeah. And you know, this is an absolutely great story. Our fans by now should know, you all should know that we love the kids here at the Fly Route Pod. And this is just one example of an athlete going out of their way to help kids who were just like them. I can tell you, when I was a kid, I did lots of reading. Uh so I I read as well. Well, I don't know though, you read the same way that I read. So
0: Nigga, fuck you. I read all the books. <laughs> what do you mean? From what
1: I hear, you weren't the best kid. You didn't do that much reading.
0: I actually whatever. was the worst kid, but did all of the reading. I didn't start watching TV like that until I was like almost a senior in high school.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, in this instance, Deshaun likes to encourage kids to read. So even in addition to this challenge, he donated 1,000 copies of his book to the local Boys and Girls Club and also made other books and reading materials available. But back to the subject, I did lots of reading. I don't mean to brag about myself. I don't ever do that. The is just trying to call me illiterate. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. But did lots of reading. I went to competitions and won all kinds of prizes, both for my school and just for the area. The, Were you the a Spelling w- Bee kid? I was not a spelling bee kid. I was a reading bee kid, and I always what won. The, the fuck f- is a reading bee? It was about speed reading, which is, explains a lot about my life later on. Yes, <laughs> more than more than you realize. And for some of our audience who know me personally, you know why that connects. But for other folks, I did you know the reading bee? I had always the the record for the most books read for. Uh, you know, our, usually it was part of class. And then we also had like these AR reading tests where you'd have to read the book and take a quiz too to prove that you did it on the computer. And so I did all of that. And I ain't never get nothing like this. The most I ever got was some pizza. And it wasn't even good pizza. It was like CC's Pizza or maybe Pizza Hut.
0: Uh, DeMarcus, so, are you what? saying because you ain't get shit, these kids shouldn't I get shit either? I'm
1: not saying the kids shouldn't get shit. <laughs> I am saying I am salty about the prizes I got. Where were the quarterback of the football team when I was in elementary school? Kids these days
0: have it so well. You know, I'm not even, you know what? Anyways. Wow. Get off your lawn, DeMarcus. Look, I You can't believe they got shit for reading when you ain't get shit. I ain't get, get shit. Except for bad eyesight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh that is our baller's bouquet for this week. It goes out to Deshaun Watson for giving these great children college scholarships because he was so impressed by their selflessness along with donating over a thousand books to the local boys and girls club we want to know what is the best prize you got while you were in school for doing something like reading or math or spelling or whatever it was what was your best prize i know mine was pizza let us know on twitter at the Fly podcast that was this week's baller's bouquet
0: what's
1: up what's, 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 what's
0: play Playboy? all right that is it for episode 20 of the fly route podcast as always we want to thank each and every single one of you for listening we appreciate all of your time and we always want to hear your feedback we appreciate all of y'all let us know what you think about the episode catch us everywhere at the fly route pod and we will see you next friday